what happened? How did we get this association thinking that that it's real, that it's mutual funds, stocks, and bonds? Um, the reason for that is the biggest financial institutions in the U.S. made their money off stocks, bonds, mutual funds. Uh, so welcome to the Millionaire Listed Podcast. Today our uh, guest is Bernard Reese. Uh, he's a CPA and a CEO and founder of 401k. Checkbook.com. Checkbook. <laughs> there you go. Okay, thank you, man. So, um, so tell us a little bit about yourself. What is it that you do? Uh, and uh, again, if you can, we were talking before the, uh, we started the show about your, your message and what is it that you want to deliver? Yeah, you got it. And firstly, though, before I talk about myself, uh, I just want to say, German and Oscar, thank you for having me on the show. I love the concept, uh, the millionaire enlisted, what you guys are doing for the enlisted and the broader American population is awesome. Getting people educated, getting them into assets where you have greater control. It's not just a spectator sport. It's not just watching the market. You can actually control. You can get cash flow. Uh, so it's awesome. Thank you. Uh, Thank you, man. Thank you for coming on. And about me. So I'm a CPA, but that's just a title. Uh, it's really, I've got a passion for taxes, for analysis, for financial strategy, um, and for helping people. And I try to bring those all together in the way I deliver tax services with a focus on really setting people up for success um, optimally and strategically. Uh, it's not about just the paperwork, getting a return filed getting an account set up, getting entity structured. It's really about thinking what's right for you and for you and for you because everybody's different and Got it should it. be tailored uh, to your profile. Got it. Amazing. Uh, so uh, in regards to, uh, let's say, tailoring, right? And you're, you're very, uh, uh, you, you like the, the structure and very analytical and also very strategic, right? From what I, I've heard from, from different podcasts from you. And, um, if, so let, let's, let's say we're talking to the, uh, to the neighbor, right? Let's say we're talking to the doctor. Let's say we're talking to all these people that are sitting on, on different investment vehicle, retirement accounts and all that stuff. Um, how can one, uh, strategically explain to these people, Hey, we, we have, or you have this product that you can utilize to invest in assets like real estate. So. There are a couple of things that you need to do when you approach this. Uh, the first thing is you got to shatter some myths, right? There's certain barriers there where you got to get their ears open. Uh, people are so used to thinking about and associating 401k and IRA with mutual funds that you just got to break that myth. Uh, and after that, you can talk strategically. So yeah. the first thing is let's just shatter that myth. Uh, tax code is not there uh, to help mutual and fund companies. Tax code is there to incentivize us to make the smartest moves for ourselves. Mm -hmm. uh, and people ask me, does the IR, does the tax code say can you that you can invest in IRA and real estate? It doesn't. It does, yeah. It doesn't. But does the IR, does the tax code say you can invest in IRA and mutual funds? It doesn't. Mm -hmm. It's silent. It oh. just says put money into this account and you'll get tax benefits. Invest it and you won't pay taxes. You put the money in, you get a tax deduction, you invest it, you don't pay taxes. It doesn't say anything about investments. So in the eyes of Congress and the IRS, 
mutual funds and real estate and just about anything else are all equal. Um, yeah. Congress just wanted it, it, believes in you to make the best decisions for yourself. Um, that's what I got to say this uh, without politicizing it. That's really what capitalism in America is about. You take mm-hmm. responsibility for yourself. You get yourself educated um, and you make the decisions for yourself. You get the rewards and the risks. Uh, so that's what it's about. There's nothing there about mutual funds or real estate because they're the same. Um, exactly. How does that sound? That no, sounds it, sounds, it sounds perfect. Yeah. No, I, and and I, I agree with you. I, I think, you know, self-responsibility, self-accountability and figuring out how you get from point A to point B is it's on you, is on the individual, on no one else. But I wanted to ask you, you brought up a good point. So if the IRS doesn't say, um, you know, mutual funds or real estate or what kind of investment, just that account, I haven't heard of IRAs that are, other than self-directed IRAs, that are investing into real estate. Oh, most of them are into mutual funds. Am I wrong? Am I, am I not? Yeah, okay. Th- that's exactly it. So what happened here? <laughs> what happened? How did we get this association thinking that, that it's real, that it's mutual funds, stocks, and bonds. Um, the reason for that is the biggest financial institutions in the U.S. made their money off stocks, bonds, mutual funds, right? And so they were always trying to get your money onto their platforms, where they made money because they were taken. If they're financial advisors or if they're stockbrokers, today they call themselves advisors, but they're just really essentially the same stockbrokers. They get that commission. Um, exactly. So it's a commission and now it's become AUM. They take a percentage, but it's all about controlling your money. And then in the 1970s, Congress introduced these kind of accounts and they realized, hey, we can, we're, it's always a battle to get money, right? Get people to give us their money to manage. We'll tell them, hey, we've got these new accounts, IRAs, 401ks, Put your money in these accounts because you get a tax deduction. Once the money is in that account, it is trapped uh, because the money is in there. Now you've got, now you cannot, you should not, not that you cannot, but you should not withdraw it because when you withdraw it, you got to pay all the taxes that you saved on the way in. So if you, and if you withdraw early, you get penalties. So now the money gets in there and now people think it's trapped. And now that means these are long-term assets for the money manager. Uh, so they offer free IRAs, uh, but are they free? No, no, not just free. They're not free. You're yeah. paying in the assets, right? Exactly. So the IRA, they say is free, but it's not free. It's just, it's kind of like a, it was like a loss leader. Get you in the door. Now your money's trapped. It's locked up. And now we can sit in this for 40 years and charge fees, commissions, trading fees, trailers, 12B1s, um, fees, hidden fees, all sorts of stuff that you don't even see. It's almost impossible to decipher mm-hmm. and figure out exactly what you're paying. Uh, so they dominated the space. Um, and that space is also, it's really almost easy for them. The IRA to manage at that end is really easy because uh, you go out and you buy a mutual fund or you buy a share of stock in a company that's publicly traded. Um, is there a somebody out there, somebody in office that's taking out the stock certificate and saying, oh, figure out this used to belong to Oscar. Um, all right, now let's cross this out and say now it belongs to German. It's yeah. all automated, right? So it's very scalable. They invest in some infrastructure and then that kind of those IRAs run themselves. 
Um, it's automated and they're making the money on the fees. Uh, now, that's why we got this association uh, thinking like it's almost 401k is synonymous with mutual funds and stocks. But it's a mistake. Uh, it's not supposed to be that way. Okay. Gotcha. So are there any out there that do you specifically real estate or no? So here's what happens. Now that another industry emerged um, kind of alongside the Wall Street brokerage house IRAs, an industry in where they actually administer IRAs. And let, let's focus for a moment. There's so many different account types that can be self-directed, but for the moment, let's focus on IRAs. So there are certain things that an IRA custodian is supposed to do. They got some IRS reporting you got to do. Uh, you've got to track the assets. Well, if you want to do private investments that are not publicly traded, so you have to go to kind of an independent, uh, self-directed custodian that doesn't sell investments. They're actually in the business of, of providing a service. And the service that they provide is holding IRA assets and doing the IRS reporting and tracking that. Uh, so you go to that kind of other alternative space where they don't have brokerage platforms. They charge a fee. Over there, it's not free, right? Because there's actually, if you want to buy, you want to buy into a millionaire enlisted syndication, uh, you can't trade that on an automated platform. You've got to go to a custodian. Somebody's got to actually do the paperwork. Somebody's got to review the paperwork. It's very manual. So there's, there are IRA custodians that focus on that and they charge fees uh, for this service. Wow. Got it. That's now, how does that sound? Yes, I hope. Yeah. So what happened, ironically, so my focus in this space is one thing is eliminating kind of the manual side of it. So again, there are many account types and a self-directed IRA is not necessarily the, is not necessarily the best account type for every person to use. Uh, so part of the service is we kind of help people figure out, all right, we can do a QRP, we can do a 401k, we can do IRA, what's going to be the best for you? Uh, but another thing that we do is uh, the, an IRA has got to have a custodian. It's in the tax code. Uh, so for those people that we decide that we're going to go an IRA route, so we've got the custodian relationships, uh, but more than that, we marginalize the custodian. So we take a very manual process, and that can also be very expensive because figure this, they're charging fees every time they get a piece of paperwork, they got to do something, there's a fee. Uh, they're charging fees, and rightfully so, because they're actually doing work to run these accounts. Uh, so we set up structures where you get the money in a bank account, and you kind of put the custodian in the back seat and forget about them. So you can your fees go way down, and you get the greatest uh, flexibility. But on the side of fees, what I think is important to say, because like people are surprised, hey, my IRA at Schwab was free. And these guys are, want to charge me money. I never got a, IRAs are supposed to be free. Uh, so interestingly enough, when you understand the, the structure of the industry, it becomes really obvious why these custodians charge fees and why there are fees in this space. Uh, but even more than that, you're usually saving money. So I'll have people call me up and Bernard, okay, we're getting started in the account. And they're like, why am I paying this? Um, and I'm like, one second, how much money are you going to be moving into this account? Oh, you're moving in 300 grand. Okay. Let's calculate how much you are paying annually on that 300 grand to your financial advisor and brokerage custodian. 
right? And between all the fees you're looking, they were paying, uh, you know, and, and any Android, it's, it's going to range by the individual depending exactly how they're set up. But let's just say between 1% and 4%, right? So it's actually costing you thousands of dollars. They don't call it an IRA fee, right? It dr- trickles out from your assets and from your money. They don't call it an IRA fee. But actually, you move $300,000 off that platform, you just saved yourself $10,000. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're actually, you're coming out way ahead. So you may have an IRA fee over here, but there are, you're getting rid of all the asset fees. You're getting rid of all the AUM fees. Uh, so you can actually have pretty substantial savings just by moving out of Wall Street. Man. Nice. So let me ask you, because you, you mentioned, you know, QRP, IRA, self-directed IRA. What uh? So, what's the difference between mainly a QRP and a SD, a self-directed one? All right, I, I'm gonna, I love this question, but if I may, just as we segue into this, uh, can I throw the question back to you? Do yeah, you have yeah. any idea what the difference is, or what do you think? Have you come across QRP? I have. What's your impression of that? So my impression is that it's just uh, different branding. Um, okay. That's what, I, that's what I took from it, because when I read it, it, it sounded very similar. And the QRP, kind of different company that, different name that companies are using to attract people. That's what I took from that. Okay, you're, you're on the right track. So the truth is, is that there is a very fundamental difference between QRP um, and, and IRA. But there has been a lot of misleading marketing out there uh, that is, has set a lot of people have made a lot of a lot of moves that may prove to be very, very costly to them. So, but what is, let's just talk, what's the truth about QRP? So QRP stands for Qualified Retirement Plan. Uh, Now, there are some firms out there that have gone ahead and trademarked certain things and try to make it sound like something different. Um, There's no... It's the same thing. (laughs) QRP is a qualified, stands for Qualified Retirement Plan. In the okay. retirement and tax industry, anybody that's in the know knows QRP stands for Qualified Retirement Plan. Now, the problem with saying QRP is that QRP actually includes about 18 different account types, potentially. It's just an entire group of retirement plans uh, that fall under the category of Qualified Retirement Plans. So, you can have a qualified retirement plan that's a profit-sharing plan. It can be a 401k plan. It can be what used to be called a Keo plan. It can be a cash balance plan. It can be a defined benefit plan. Uh, the list kind of goes on and on. Um, and you can almost create new ones. If you know the tax law and ERISA law well enough, you can come up with new designs. So QRP, qualified retirement plan, is kind of like a very generic term that describes nothing, almost. So that's the best ones, man. <laughs> that, that's the best because that means you, you gotta leave it and do whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> the and here's the thing: to have now running QRPs um, is the problem with people don't know what they're getting. When people try to make something sound so mystical and mysterious, that I talk to the people that have these QRPs, and they don't themselves don't know what kind of plan they have. Some do, some don't. Now, yeah. running a QRP is a little more complex, a lot more complex than running an IRA. It has lots of benefits, but it's a lot more complex. 
as you can imagine, if people are calling me saying, hey, Bernard, I've got this thing. I'm not going to use the brand name that they happen to have. Um, and I'm like, okay, so what kind of plan do you think you have? Um, and they're like, I don't know. Well, do you think they have a prayer of being compliant and running it correctly? If, if this thing is so mysterious, they don't even know what it is. Uh, so it's, it's, let's talk about what it really is uh, and strip away some of these, these layers. So QRP stands for Qualified Retirement Plan, and it includes this really broad group of plans. And let's contrast that with IRA, and then if we've got the time, you guys want to take the deep dive, we can take the deeper dive. Mm -hmm. So self-directed IRAs is also another group of, of retirement plans. IRA stands for Individual Retirement Arrangement, and QRP stands for Qualified Retirement Plan. The key to think to IRA is individual. So IRAs get tied to individuals, but of course, within IRAs, you've got Roth IRAs, traditional IRAs, simple IRAs, SEP IRAs. Um, there used to be something called a SARSEP. So there are, these are just umbrella groups. Uh, now, within the IRA world, uh, you know, the key things I'd like to focus on is the Roth IRA and traditional IRA. There is no such thing as, technically speaking, a self-directed IRA. If you go look into the tax code for self-directed IRA, are you going to find anything about it? Man, you, you're the tax pro. If you tell me no, then no. <laughs> I've never looked at the tax code, you know, so I can't tell you that. But, but I, mean, I believe you. <laughs> yeah, okay. Of course not. Because, again, the tax code just says, hey, to create this kind of account, it says nothing about investments. So there's no, like, special type of IRA that the tax code creates called a self-directed IRA. From the perspective of the tax code, every IRA is self-directed. If you decided to give your money to, to a company or a stockbroker that locks it up, that's on you, man. Uh, yeah, there's, no, there, there's no special kind of IRA that you need that's a special self-directed IRA. But if you go to a company like Schwab or Fidelity, wonderful companies, if, you, if that's what you want to limit yourself to, they're going to say, hey, all you can invest in is the stuff we can sell you. Uh, so you got to go to a self-directed company that has nothing to sell you other than the account. Uh, so. That's the IRA. Now, QRP, these are accounts that are created for businesses. The most popular type of QRP uh, for investing in real estate is going to be a QRP for an owner-only business. Now, have you ha – yes, I'll clarify a bit. Have you ever heard the term solo 401k? No. Okay. So, there – it's it, – it actually took me a bit of time to figure out what certain people are trying to say and do and, and exactly how they're, I don't know, using half-truths uh, to, to mislead people a bit. So the IRS has a webpage talking about solo 401k. In ERISA law, ERISA law is a labor law that governs qualified retirement plans. Um, it kind of describes what that is. So from a truly technical perspective, a solo 401k or a solo QRP is a qualified retirement plan that, that an owner-only business has, like a solopreneur. Gotcha. Uh, so you can have a qualified retirement plan, invest in real estate. Theoretically, Coca-Cola, IBM, any of these companies can set up their qualified retirement plan to invest in real estate. Anybody can. That, that's technically doable. But it would be a compliance nightmare yeah. uh, to, to allow that. 
So the way to actually keep your compliance burden to a minimum and use a qualified retirement plan to invest in real estate is to use a 401k plan that's created by a business that doesn't have any employees that are not owners of the business. Got you. And that's what I was going to ask you. So it sounds like it's a, um, if you file as a, a single owner uh, entity, you are able to do this. Once you start getting employees and you start, or, or people sharing the entity, uh, you, you can't really do this. So each thing requires really careful analysis gotcha. uh, because you, and that's really where I'd say we distinguish ourselves. Uh, we're not there to sell the account. We actually want to guide people to the right one. So QRP has lots of benefits, uh, but you have to understand either, okay, some people say, hey, Bernard, let's do a QRP. We've got employees. We want to do it. We know here are all the compliance things that we're ha- going to have to do. It's going to be much more expensive, but hey, this is worthwhile. Uh, we want to do real estate. We want to do you know, whatever it is, their thing may be, Bitcoin, cryptocurrency, private lending, hard money loans, tax liens. We want to do it. Um, or maybe all of the employees appreciate it. Uh, we, and we'll pay the price and, and we're going to get stay compliant. Um, and for other people, it's a question of seeing, can we get them into QRP and structure them that they can qualify for it? Uh, so there's a lot of nuance to that. So the, the documents, when we set somebody up with the QRP, the document itself, the plan documents, let them have employees. But we tell them, hey, if you have them, no employees, if you're an owner only, your cost to run this thing is close to nothing. The moment you get employees, if you want to run this thing compliantly, your costs go up substantially. Uh, so you want to do it ideally as a solo. Um, and if you're going to do it not as a solo, then you just have to know, hey, this is the cost. And it, usually it will be worth it, um, you know, to do anyway. Yeah. I just did a lot of talking. What do you guys got to say? <laughs> I, I, man, I, I love this stuff because I think this is where uh, the world wealth is made um, in, in the tax code. And what I got from what you just said, a lot of it is, especially for someone who doesn't dive in, into the tax, uh, tax code, um, you know, as a professional, is that there's a lot of gray area and there's a lot of um, misinterpretation or you can interpret things uh, as you kind of see fit, as long as you can justify it and direct it correctly, uh, which, I, which I love because in the military, if something has taught me is that if it doesn't say no and you can justify it, you can do it. Um, and you, ha- you just have to make it work. Um, now, if something goes wrong, you better justify it, right? So <laughs> it's, it's the IRS. Uh, you better make sure you're in line. But if it doesn't say you can't do it, I mean, you got to kind of work it in and make it happen. So from what I got is I can, if I have $300,000, I can go ahead and contact you. Say, hey, Bernard, I want to find the best investment, uh, best account uh, for me to invest, whether it's purchasing something. And essentially, I can create my own investment vehicle instead of having someone else manage it for me i can choose my whether it's oil or or the new hotness marijuana right cbd i mean mm-hmm. that that was huge right now um not that we can do it because we're we're so active duty but, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know am i wrong that's essentially it right yeah that, that you, you got it exactly uh, listen you guys man do you have 457s you know do you 
I mean, if you have right, you there are government retirement accounts. Oh, uh, the uh, TSP. TSP, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. So that money can be leveraged for for all this stuff. Uh, so the, but I think it's important to talk about tax code. Is you're right. There's a lot of gray, but there's a lot of black and white as well. And the biggest mistake I think you see is people saying, "Hey, it's oh, there's gray. You can just interpret it wherever you want." No, you got to know where the black is. You got to know where the white is, and you got to know all the shades of gray. Uh, and so people make mistakes when they see, oh yeah, a tax code. You can justify anything. And and here's the thing also, it doesn't really matter that much what you think, or even what I think, right? Yeah. Because for most of us, what matters is what the IRS thinks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the, it's true, you know, there's something called taking a tax position, right? The IRS is not the final, they don't write tax code, right? They, they're more or less the enforcers. Mm -hmm. And they can take a position and you can fight them and beat them, right? But it's, not a, it's not a fight that any, any one of us wants to have. Uh, so for the average American and even the non-average American, um, if they come knocking on your door, you know, you're just going to roll over and, and do what they say. Um, so it's, it's really about what they think. And people are a real tax position is something that is well thought out based on the tax code on a thorough analysis. And there are people out there that are selling these accounts uh, as if they invented something, created something or and I test these people sometimes, right? On the, let's talk at the custodian side, right? So I get people calling me all the time. Bernard, I got this account from company ABC. Uh, I got this question. And I'll tell them, one second. Did you call that company? They should be helping you with this. Uh, and they're like, no, they can't help me. And like, I, I should have told me about it. I didn't know about this up front. So the other thing is I, I get that perspective. But also I work with, I'm not a custodian. So let's say I'll set things up. I have custodian relationships. Um, I, you know, I know, you know, more closely with, with the inter, the inside staff, I can get what I want at custodians and get pricing and get service. But when I work with IRAs, ultimately it's my custodian relationships and I test the custodians. So we'll get in touch with the custodian. There are about 50 custodians in this space and we're, you know, we'll say, okay, I want to do this X, Y, Z with my retirement money. Um, and I don't want to tell the kind of answers we get, right. That are, it's just sure you can do that. Like. There's no way you can do that. Um, there, it's, uh, and, but again, the, the people that are answering the phones, the people that run these things, they're, you know, they're wonderful people, client service. They're not tax people. You know, they do the paperwork and they move on. The fine print always says uh, we're not responsible for anything. Um, and then they end up getting a lot of surprises. So my overall message to people is you definitely should get a self-directed account. It's kind of a no-brainer. It opens up a no, new world of opportunity uh, for wealth creation, for investment, for stability. But don't go out there and buy a piece of paper. You know, make sure to get it set up in a way that's optimal because you can make mistakes that you can't undo. Get it set up correctly from the get-go. Get the support. Uh, work with somebody that's reputable. And if something sounds a little like too many buzzwords um, and too much too slick on the marketing and the people behind it don't have any real tax or legal credentials. Uh, there's an expression that people should know. It's caveat emptor. That's Greek or Latin for let the buyer be weir. You know, if you, yeah. you know, 
So you got to watch out. It's all, when you get into the self-directed space, it's all about taking responsibility for yourself. Um, that's really what it is. It's the opportunity to put yourself in the driver's seat, to pick your investments with total freedom and flexibility. Uh, you don't want to make a wrong move at the get-go. You know, get the rewards by doing it right. So let me ask you this, since you're now talking about self-directed. Uh, in regards to most of the listeners and most of the people that, that we're talking to, right, trying to uh, do the um, uh, syndication, and yes. people that come to us and they tell us, hey, I want to I wanna invest with you guys, but I, we don't, I have an IRA. I don't even know how to, how to take it out, or I'm afraid to take it out. Um, what is the process to that? Or is, is it transferring their IRAs to a self-directed? So it's going to depend. I know you hate this answer. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it's, no, go for not, it. People love to make things oversimplify. It makes things really easy to sell and to get people set up and move on. But it's going to really vary. The first step is to analyze what kind of account is going to be best for them. So it is true that the money is going to have to move from wherever it currently is because their current custodian, brokerage, uh, financial advisor is not going to let you do what they want. You know, the IRS says, the tax code says, there's nothing that restricts them from saying um, you can't do ABC. The IRS may allow it, but if you're with us, you can't do it. So it's going to mm -hmm. have to be moved. Uh, but the question is where to? It is true that there are many benefits to doing a QRP. And we set these up for people. But for the people that a QRP is a bad move, is the wrong move, uh, it's a mistake. So the first step is to figure out, all right, what kind of account structure is going to work best, you know, for you? And for you means you, you know, whoever yeah. is to listen to this, we're talking to you yeah. <laughs> because uh, everybody is different. So that's going to be the first step. Once we know that, we'll be able to figure out where the money should go. If it's going to stay in the IRA world, then it's going to go to another custodian. Um, if it's going to go into the QRP world, uh, we can probably completely bypass the custodian and can go straight to an account that you directly control, a bank account or you know, a, actually a brokerage account. You'd be surprised. These companies right, that sell the stocks, of course they have accounts where they'll let you do whatever you want right? because they're happy to get whatever money they can. Yeah. So they actually have special accounts. We work with them. Uh, you know, if you want to invest, you want to move your money into a reassure investor account, you can still do stocks. We can still get you an account with Fidelity, Schwab, E-Trade, and TD Ameritrade. And inside of our accounts, uh, you can, if you know, people come to us, I'm at E-Trade and I don't want to give up my, I want to have some stocks on the side. I want to be diversified. I don't want to put it all into real estate. Like, hey, that's awesome. You can actually, we can create another account for you at E-Trade, exactly where you're at. Um, and you'll be able to invest in stocks in that account. And guess what? You'll be able to write checks from that account as well. Because you're going to be outside, you're not going to use an E-Trade 401k or IRA. You're going to use our account. We're going to use, we're going to be the ones setting up the IRA or 401k piece, um, and then you're just going to use them to hold your money as brokerage and as your bank almost. So, where the money's going to go is going to depend the kind of account that we set up. If we do the IRA side, then people that work with Resure are actually there's going to be another step. What we do is we're going to set them up with an IRA custodian. And then from there, the money is going to go to a business checking account. Uh, so we're going to set up an entity inside of the IRA. And we're going to tell the custodian, listen, we don't want to deal with you every time we want to do an investment. 
We don't want to pay you asset-based fees. We don't want to have to wait three weeks for you to process our paperwork and then to kick it back and say, oh, you forgot to initial page 13 of 49 of these documents. Uh, Resign it, send it back in, um, and come back again in three weeks, um, at which time you've missed your deal funding. Uh, or you can pay $300 expedite fee. Right? That's kind it. of how it works in that space. So we say, hey, we're just making, we're creating an entity. Uh, we're going to make like a private equity investment. We're creating our new business, a new entity, and we're, we're telecustodian. Instead of investing in Apple, we want to invest in German's business entity. Send the money to the bank account. We'll take it from there. Uh, so on the IRA side, you get the money. You end up with total control, uh, but the money has to pass through a custodian. QRP side, just cut the custodian out completely. Got it. Oh, that's amazing. All right. That's amazing. Listen, we've just scratched the surface. Oh, no, no. Yeah. I, I, believe me, I, I spent two days listening to, to everything that you say, everything that you explain. It's like, wow. Uh, and every, every, everywhere you, you get deeper and deeper. Um, uh, so, I, and as a matter of fact, I, I, one, of the, uh, one of the things that I heard you was the analogy about the restaurants. Yes. <laughs> uh, and, and I loved it. I, I thought it was simplistic. But talk about restaurants, right? Um, in, in, in talking about like, um, what is it like recommending people for, for different, uh, investments, uh, or, or the uh, services that you provide, right? What type of investor, uh, just in general, right. Um, would be the perfect ideal for, uh, for uh, like a QRP. So there, let's just make sure we're clear there. Like the menu stuff. There, there are the investments, and then there's the account type. So a QRP, in terms of that account type, you're looking for somebody that has a business. Now, what is a business? That's an awesome question, right? Mm-hmm. Some things are a business because it's a business. You see it's a business, and everybody's going to say it's a business. And then there are a lot of things that are, people think would be considered a business, but in the eyes of the IRS, that's not a business for a QRP. And yes, there is gray. Uh, so we're never going to tell people, sure, you're the perfect fit for a QRP. Um, sometimes we'll sell people, hey, you're a great fit. You're not a great fit. You're a gray fit. Um, so some people are kind of falling in that gray zone. But we're looking for a business owner of some sort. Now, what is a business? Awesome question. Uh, what I will say is a business is not passive income. A business means something that is some sort of active trade or business. So if you're pulling in rental income, that's not a business for you to you know, create uh, a QRP. The menu stuff, where I use that analogy, and I think that's going around because it came up in a couple of other podcasts and the host said, all right, Bernard, that's so good. I'm going to rip this off. <laughs> now on. <laughs> no, I heard it from you and I thought it was like fantastic. Oh my God, this is good. And so it, the, the analogy, let's, let's share it again with this audience. Yeah. Um, because it really brings the point home. Uh, and it also explains why I'm not here to malign Wall Street. I just want people to understand. When you hear the analogy, it kind of opens up your eyes to see what you've always been doing. Uh, so when you go to your financial advisor, that's like walking into a very specific kind of restaurant. When you walk into the Mexican restaurant, they're going to show you the menu. There's going to be, you know, you're going to go to Chipotle. They have a very expansive menu, right? But it's all going to, it's going to be tacos, right? It's going to, it's going to be the kind of stuff that you find at a Mexican restaurant. 
and the server is not going to tell you that you know there are other options. There's also Asian food, there's French cuisine. Uh, it's just, right, there are, there are so many options out there, right? But you don't expect them to tell you all the options. The options that you get shown are the options that they have to sell. Uh, if you want to know all the options in the neighborhood, walk around the block, see, you know, you're going to find all sorts of stuff on the, around, but you got to see everything and then make your choice. Uh, what's happening here is people are going to financial advisors and thinking they're seeing all the options. You're not. You're just getting their menu. They have a very specific menu. And that menu is created by the financial institutions that they represent. They're just salespeople. They're just waiters, servers for big financial institutions. They're working in a restaurant. All you're going to see is that menu. You can imagine how things would turn out for them if they swapped out another menu, if you walked into McDonald's and, and somebody behind the counter said, you know, here's the Burger King menu, right? He's not going to last very long. Yeah. So that's what happens in the investment space. So people got to know it's a marketplace um, and there are lots of different flavors, lots of different things you can do. And if you really want to be diversified, you got to check them all out and you may find that, hey, stock market is for me. But you may also find I want to go all in on real estate. I don't know about this, but I want to go all in. Or you may decide I want some sort of blend. But don't make the mistake of thinking that your server and the financial advisor is showing you all your options. That absolutely is not the case. I love that. So I, I've been telling people, close friends and family, about syndication, right? And, I, and a lot of them tell me, why haven't I heard this stuff? And I tell them, one is because, one, the government thinks this is risky for you. But two is, you know, it's not targeted for you. And three, you know, these are investment vehicles that are normally private. So they're not, they're not out there and you can't really solicit as much. Uh, so for you, you kind of have to do your homework and try to go find these investments. But now what I'm going to tell them additionally is that there are also accounts which you can direct your money towards those investments. And it, it's an amazing thing because, you know, if you can earn a double-digit return on, in a real estate deal and, you know, and, and if, correct me if I'm wrong, if I, if I could do a, a Roth uh, self-directed um, IRA, right? So if yeah, I put absolutely. in that money, it's already taxed and now I'm investing in, the return is just that and it's not taxed on the return, right? I mean, there's a K-1 that comes down and, I mean, that, that to me, just thinking the combination of doing certain things that, you know, I know, I know at, at a basic level, wow, I'm like, man, you can get double digits on something and not get taxed because the money you already put in was taxed. Uh, am I thinking that correctly? You're thinking 100% correctly, okay. but I'm going to add something important because I don't want to be guilty of omitting it. Uh, but okay. it's like an entire topic into itself. And there's more misinformation about this topic than just about anything else on the, in, in this entire subject. So here's the deal. And one of the, in IRAs, have you ever heard of something called UDFI? No. Yes, I have. Man, okay. you were throwing bombs out today. I, that's I, it. No, that's the, uh, that's <laughs> something. it has to do with tax, taxes. Yeah. You, yeah. That's right. So yeah. here's the deal. And we got to put this in perspective. We cannot do it justice on this podcast. And before we even discuss it, what I'd like to say, if people, you got to be aware of it, but it should not be a driver of your decisions. 
because what's going on in the space is as follows. Self-directed IRAs, um, all type of retirement accounts have this, can have this UDFI tax. There's a special carve-out that exempts qualified retirement plans, all of them, all QRPs from UDFI related to real estate. So there's a specific real estate exemption for UDFI and QRPs. Now, here's what's happened in the market. Right? UDFI is a tax that you can end up paying when you use leverage inside of a tax-sheltered account. So in a syndication, there's always going to be leverage. So there's the potential for tax even in an IRA. And what's going on in the industry is as follows. The people that sell IRAs keep totally mum, silent. It's as if UDFI doesn't exist. They don't talk about it. Best kept secret in the world. Why is that? Because, well, because it's going to intimidate people from using IRAs to invest in real estate, right? So they kind of, you know, try to make sure maybe somewhere on a footnote it says something about it. We're not responsible for it, but they don't want to talk about it. Gotcha, because now it's taking portion of the, the gains and, and okay. becomes taxable. Yeah. yeah. Now, the opposite end of the spectrum, we've got the people that are, selling QRPs only, they've got this hyper-focus on QRPs, they are making UDFI sound like an IRA killer. Don't ever use an IRA for real estate because of UDFI. UDFI is terrible and get a QRP. The truth, obviously, is neither of those. I like the suspense. (laughs) 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 So it it, it just all depends then. That's what I'm getting. It depends on a lot of factors. Exactly. And people don't like it all depends. It's so easy to get a sale, right? You don't want, if I sell IRAs, right? Somebody gets to get a call and says, all right, hey, uh, Mr. Self-Directed IRA, I heard I can use real estate. It's going to be, you know, put it in syndications and that's, what am I going to say? I'm going to say, sure, that's the greatest thing. Do it. Am I going to say, hey, you should know about UDFI? That's going to kill the sale. The guy's going to get intimidated. He's going to say, maybe let me talk to my accountant. The accountant's not going to know anything about it. And there goes your sale, right? Uh, you call people to sell QRP. They're going to say, sure, I don't want UDFI. Like, sure, don't touch a self-directed IRA. Get a QRP. It's the IRA killer. Self-directed IRA killer. Get, get the QRP. Um, um, are they going to find out if you really qualify for a QRP? No. If you get a QRP and you don't qualify for it, the tax penalty is going to be a lot worse wow. than the UDFI. So the truth is going to be somewhere in the middle. Now, what I say emphatically for anybody, when you understand the way, and I just had these phone, I have these phone calls every day, right? I just had one of these phone calls wrapped up a couple hours ago, right? Somebody gets in touch with me, Bernard. I've got self-directed Roth IRA, and I just found out there's something called UDFI. Should I? I've got. I'm invested in a couple syndications. Should I? I'm just don't know what to do now. I've got this UDFI. Should I cash out my Roth IRA? Uh, right. A couple of minutes. We explain it to him. He's at ease. He's like, of course, I'm keeping my my Roth IRA. Uh, so it's never a reason not to do syndication. 
And people are making huge mistakes because people are stopped because of the misinformation there about UDFI. People are getting scared of it. And people are making any of the following three mistakes. One, they're just saying, hey, I'm not using my retirement account for real estate. Mistake. Um, number two, they're cashing out the IRA. And they're saying, hey, I'm not going to do it in my IRA. Let me just cash out the IRA, pay the taxes and the penalties, and do my syndication investments that way. Almost all cases, big mistake. Number three, they're getting a QRP that they don't qualify for. right? And the money, the money, they're thinking, hey, I'm getting out of the UDFI tax. But in order to be a QRP, remember what does QRP stand for? It's got to be qualified retirement plan. It's got to be qualified, right? The fact that somebody sold it to you and called it a QRP does not mean it is actually qualified. It's qualified if it's qualified in the eyes of the IRS. And if you didn't follow their rules, it is not qualified. And you just distributed all your money and you got, you just distributed your IRA um, and you get taxes plus penalties uh, and you're not even aware of it. So if you find out about this, uh, you know, if you get caught with this a couple of years later, um, the IRS can has a, you know, probably has at least six years, seven years to come back to you, at least um, in these circumstances. Um, you get interest. Yeah. It keeps growing. It snowballs. Yeah. So the key thing I would say wow. to people is don't buy some paperwork by people that are just selling the accounts. Uh, know that there's complexity to this, which shouldn't scare you. You know, don't be scared off. This is going to be the smartest move you can make is to put your money, diversify, and get control. But recognize that you've got to do it correctly, optimally, and strategically. No, I, I, I love that, man. I, I think you got, you know, and I, I hope we can, we can work with you in the future. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I, love, I love transparency. And I think, um, you know, there's a lot of people who are trying to play the game. And there's nothing wrong with playing the game. Like you said, if you know what's black, white, and gray. I love gray, but I also, like you said, if there's black and white, you have to know it. Right? You, I'm not going to go to jail, and I'm not going to take a fine uh, that accrues interest from the IRS for forever, and you're never going to get out of it. I mean, that, that's like a credit card on, on steroids. Um, so, yeah, I, I really appreciate all this info. This is, uh, this is really, really good, man. I, I had no idea about so much about this. <laughs> I thought yeah. I knew about the basic uh, IRA stuff, but, yeah, you completely opened up my eyes. and. And I wish more people took advantage and, and not just went into the gimmick of, of an IRA and, and find someone that could explain it like you do. And I hope some of the listeners are really taking this into account for future growing of their uh, investment portfolio. Yeah, man, that's good stuff. German, what you got? No, I'm, I'm, I'm mind blown. I'm taking notes like it's crazy. <laughs> uh, honestly, like this is, this is so awesome. Uh, and the fact that, uh, when you when you mentioned QRP, right? And I was so interested a little a long time ago about a, a QRP, getting my money to, to QRP. But now that you mentioned, it, it's like, well, it's qualified. You have to qualify into into that. And and that was my next question. It's like, okay, so now it's not just buying a QRP, going into QRP, transferring your money to QRP. How do how does one qualify into a QRP? Right. So. Qualified retirement plan, yeah. there are, this is the absolutely, probably most complex area of law. It's so we the, got into more, a more complex subject. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll, I'll simplify it here. Yeah, and yeah, I, yeah. I'll simplify it. 
it's in in qualified retirement plans you've got two sets of laws that govern this tax law and if you want to be really technical that's title 26 of the u.s code right the u.s code that's code of laws um i don't wish upon anybody ever having to see it <laughs> um, i happen to enjoy it but you know for most people it's nothing you ever want to look at uh, yeah. right and then you've got labor law and that's title 29 and inside of a labor law is something called erisa and that is like the landmark act that really governs all qualified retirement plans so you've got labor law and tax law so this is really heavy duty stuff so to qualify if you really try to go through what makes a qualified retirement plan um we'll just probably spend weeks talking about that literally <laughs> okay without right so it's more about when most of the stuff right when we set up a qualified retirement plan you don't got to sweat the little details but in this space the key thing to understand is is that the piece of paper that says on a qualified retirement plan doesn't make it qualified it actually has to the document obviously it's it starts with a plan document that's where it starts that's where an ira starts it all starts with a piece of paper that you sign um, but the piece of paper has to be compliant but then more importantly you have to be somebody that qualifies for the plan and you have to run the plan in a way that is compliant so the way to sidestep all the complexity is to set up the qrp for an owner only business like we said before so to qualify the first step of qualifying to set up a qrp is having a business that's number one then you are if you have that you qualify for qualified retirement plan but now the next question is going to be all right should i get one uh and that's going to depend on a couple different factors and so if and it gets easier if you don't if you're what we call an owner only business then the labor law says that more or less all the complexity of the law doesn't apply because all the complexity is there to protect employees congress said hey we created these accounts you know what we created them as a benefit to employees but we don't what's they were concerned that the owner of the business you know and the one who's probably making the big bucks right he's going to try to set up this plan and create all these tax shelters for himself and not give anything to the employees which is not why these were created these were created for the benefit of employees that's the name of the game so congress put in place exceptionally complex rules to make sure that employees get their fair share and that their assets are protected now congress also went out and said hey if you're a business owner you're an entrepreneur and you don't have an employees we'll still let you have a qualified retirement plan it's like almost like an exception it's like a different section um a separate paragraph in the law you go through the law in section 401 of the tax code um and there's a special par special paragraphs that talk about people that have owner only businesses and congress said the fact that you don't have employees we don't want to penalize you right you're also entitled you're an entrepreneur you're entitled to all the benefits that an employee would get if you work for somebody else but on top of that congress said hey we don't have to protect you from yourself right yeah. so all that complexity or let's just say 90% of it 
90% of that complexity goes away if you don't have employees. Now, you cannot choose to say, I don't have, I want to create the plan just for myself if I have employees, right? If you have employees, you've got them. You can't say, I'm going to create another business, right? Obviously, somebody thought of this already, right? This happens all the time. Bernard, I've got 100 employees, but I'm going to create another business. Um, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make myself a consultant to my business, and my business is going to pay me as an independent contractor, and then I'm going to create a QRP just for myself. How does that sound? You like that? Yes, cool, man. <laughs> <laughs> but do you really think nobody thought about that and Congress didn't have to fix that loophole? Yeah. Cool. Right? Yeah. So, <clears throat> so it's not there – are, there are loopholes in the tax code, but they're not – there are few and far between, um, and it's about structuring itself. We may be able to structure somebody in a way like, hey, we can set you up with a QRP. Even if you have employees, it's going to take some restructuring. Um, it's going to be gray, but here's what you can consider. Uh, but there, there are rules there. So if you've got employees, it's very hard to say you're owner only. Uh, very complex set of rules. If your spouse has a business and has employees, you get pulled into that as well. If your parents or kids are, you know, you can get pulled into being treated as if you have employees, if people that are related to you have employees. So can you have a QRP if you have employees? Of course. But you've got to cover the employees. You've got to do excessive reporting and annual testing. Um, and then is it still worthwhile? It may very, very well be worthwhile, but it's going to, you know, you got to be ready to pay the price for that. The people out there that are selling QRPs now aren't telling people, hey, you can have a QRP even if you have employees. Of course you can. Uh, but are you getting the support that you need? That's the question. And wow. when I say and when I say that's a million dollar question, I mean it. That's a million dollar question. Yeah, it, it really is. Um, it can be worth. Oh, that's a very, very, very. That's a pr question with a very high price tag. Yeah. Wow. No, this is amazing. I'm pretty sure we can go for hours and hours. Yeah, we can. And, <laughs> and, and, and so I, I'm so amazed. It's like every time you bring something up, it's like wow. And, and the fact that it's true. I mean, you. The, the market tells you all this stuff like it's so simple. And, and then when we talk to people, you know, you, you're talking to us and trying to explain to this and, and try to simplify it. And, and, and then we realize it's not, it's not as simple as you can. So that's why it's important to talk to, to experts, you know, and, and, uh, and, and you, I, I mean, you're it. I never heard all this stuff the way that you explain it to us. Um, and it's, it's amazing. Yeah. And, and traditional, yeah. traditional, like you said, traditional companies are trying to sell you their investments and they don't want you to hear the other ones because they want to keep your money and keep making money off you. So it, it, it's refreshing to see different strategies and different ways of, of doing it, different ways of thinking, right? Because you got to expand your options, like you said. And, and I love that, man. Uh, you know, I want to just thank you for, for coming on. And I know we've gone days and, and, I love speaking and hearing about these subjects. So, and I hope we can have you. I hope I hope that he, we can have you again because we. I mean, I've learned so much, and I'm pretty sure our listeners too. Okay, hey, listen, I love this. It's been an awesome conversation. Uh, thank you for having me. Yeah. I love doing this, uh, and I appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely, thank we're, you, Bernard. Where uh, where can uh, people find you? You know, let's, let's tell people where, man. Okay, a couple of things. 
I try to like, you give them the address, you say 401kcheckbook.com. You know, people not, may not remember that. I would tell them, you can Google Bernard Reese. That's Bernard, R-E-I-S-Z. You'll come across all sorts of great stuff. Uh, you can Google Reshure LLC. That's R-E-S-U-R-E-L-L-C, Reshure Financial. Uh, we'd love to connect. We've got lots of information on the website. Uh, we invite people to check out our BBB reviews. Uh, trust you, we couldn't make, even if we wanted to post fake, fake reviews, we couldn't make these up. That's good. <laughs> so, um, you know, we invite people to check us out. Better Business Bureau, Reshare LLC. Uh, we really try to help people and we really try to put your interests first. We don't want to sell an account. We really want to help you. Awesome. And you're, and you're also very active on LinkedIn as well, right? Yes, I could. I know, I know. We sh I should be more active. Um, I love LinkedIn. I love interacting with people. But I also got to spend this time doing tax returns and doing filings. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I'm actually probably more active on LinkedIn than I should be. Because, you know, okay. when you're really productive. You got to go out there and you want to get these filings done and you got to just block everything out. Say, okay, a couple of hours now not touching anything, no Facebook, no LinkedIn. And then I get this notification. Oh, you were just tagged on LinkedIn. You were just mentioned. And what do you think I do? Spent like 30 minutes on that. <laughs> 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 and then type up a reply. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Bernard, thank you. Appreciated uh, your time for our listeners. If you like what you hear, uh, hit the uh, subscribe button, leave a review and uh, ask any questions. Uh, if you have any, appreciate it. All right. Thank you again, Bernard. All the best, man.